Hello and welcome. My name is Mike Casaza. In a second, you will hear from Chris Anderson. We work for 24-7 Sports at earsports.com. And a maiden voyage here. First time doing this. Um, buckle up, likely to be bumpy, but we're calling this Country Roads Confidential. It is our podcast here. Quick conversations, 15, 20 minutes about current events, things you want to know about, things you want to talk about that involve West Virginia. And that's enough of me by myself. This is two people talking. I'll bring in the second person right now. Uh, welcome, Chris. How are you? Hey, Mike. Uh, pretty thrilled, pretty excited to finally get this started. We've been talking about this with our members for a couple years now and uh, finally just got it together and ready to roll. So let's do this. The pressure's on at that, that introduction, you know, the first impression rule, right? And then also I didn't want to talk too much because I'm pretty sure we could top 15, 20 minutes here. So making that concise is difficult, but we do have a lot to get to. But before I even want to get there, can we talk about the names we talked about? Uh, yeah, you know, we, we finally settled on Country, Country Roads Confidential. That is the name of our VIP message board. Kind of just fit in with, uh, you know, obviously – a lot of hints of West Virginia. Uh, it ties into the site, ties into our message board because we want our community to be involved in this podcast as well. So I think it was a good pick, but we did have some other very good ones. Yeah, I think that people might be upset we didn't use this one. And it's a small, I would think, vocal minority, though. We we almost called it Tuesday, 3 o'clock, Jerry West Lounge, which is the most amazing inside joke, but it also occurs to me that joke is so old. We haven't had the Jerry West Lounge in like, I don't know, 10 years? So how old is that joke and how many people in our audience would have gotten it? I'm not sure, but I thought that was really clever and I'm kind of sad uh, that we didn't do it. I don't know, maybe, maybe a spinoff or something like that can have that title. It's too good to waste. Yeah, only the true insiders know, know that one. So I also thought that if we were Country Roads Confidential, and obviously Country Roads pretty – integral song when it comes to the fan base there's there's parts of that that are interesting like misty taste of moonshine i don't know if that would have been a great podcast name uh, dark and dusty i don't know who'd be dark and who'd be dusty among you and me uh <laughs> and then strangers to blue water it sounds like a cool garage band i don't know about a podcast name though so i think we got the good one and we didn't really have to try that hard um so i don't know it, it, it feels like the right start it always starts with the title and i think we're okay with that so uh, cross our fingers and go from there but with this being the first one, it's almost like our preseason, right? So there's really only one way to start here, and that would be obviously football, which is right around the corner, believe it or not. I fly Sunday to Dallas for Big 12 Media Days, uh, come back on Wednesday, and then it's two and a half weeks until first day of practice is August 2nd. So it's coming fast, and we're already in the preseason season, I guess. We've had the Big 12 polls. We've had the all-conference teams. Um and here we are, like that's that's the rock over the hill in the summer, and we're going downhill now. So let's let's start with the preseason poll here. Uh, West Virginia eight, Oklahoma first, uh, and even the teams above and below West Virginia probably not a big surprise. But uh, we can get into the specifics here in a second. But you saw Oklahoma one, Texas two, Iowa State three. I'm not sure it's a great surprise. And then the four schools with new head coaches, they're seven, eight, nine, ten. Again, not terribly surprising there. But your your impressions, Chris, what you thought, would you have differed at all? What did you think? Uh, you know, I think it, it really kind of breaks down into tiers there with that, like you mentioned, one, two, three, no surprise, seven, eight, nine, ten, no surprise, and four, five, six kind of jumbled in the middle. I, I have not, I have nothing to argue with about this. I think I might have flipped Baylor and Oklahoma State, uh, Baylor up to five, Oklahoma State down to six, 
And I would have spent some time debating Texas Tech and West Virginia at 7-8, maybe flip-flopping them. But that's just my thoughts. You're the one who actually has the ballot uh, for ear sports. What were your differences? And and did you have any issues with what uh, the rest of the league voted? I had minor ones, and two of them pretty much agree with what you're saying. I uh, At 3-4, I had TCU over Iowa State. Um, I have nothing against Iowa State. I have, I don't know, curiosity to see whether Brock Purdy can do it across an entire season. And I would feel a lot better about that if he had Akeem Butler and David Montgomery back. He does not. He has a really good offensive line, and he's going to be playing with a very good defense. But I, he can prove me wrong and prove a lot of people wrong if he does it for the whole season. Um, I just like TC better. If I've looked at Gary Patterson's career from up close and afar now. And, man, when he tanks, they have a really good bounce-back season. Um, they went, I think, 11-1 and one in the regular season after they had their 4-8 and eight year. Um, last year was not great. Talented team with some problems. They have, I think, what, 12 quarterbacks on their roster now? They're going to find one. And they always recruit really well. I just, I kind of like them better. And I'm with you. Uh, Baylor, Oklahoma State. Um, the poll had Oklahoma State, Baylor. I would have had Baylor, Oklahoma State. I have a hard time trusting Oklahoma State because I believe they're below 500 in league play the last two years at home. Not great. Um, and Baylor, I just kind of like them. I like their quarterback, and I like some things they're going to have going on offense and defense. Um, and I actually had 7, 8, 9, 10 in the same order. I like Texas Tech a little bit more than West Virginia basically because of the quarterback. I think they're going to get a coaching upgrade with uh, Matt Wells. Um, it just seems like that's a really close thing, but uh, not not major discrepancies. Any other any other takeaways for you there? Because I have one. I'll bounce off you if you don't name it first. Uh, no, go for it. Go for it. All right. Well, one and two are – Pretty clear, right? Oklahoma, 68 first place votes. Texas, 9. Um, 761 to 696 in the voting. And then from there, Texas, 696. Iowa State, 589. TCU, 474. So the 1, 2, 3, 4 are pretty clear. Uh, and then number 5 and number 6, you have TCU, 474. Oklahoma State, 460. Baylor, 453. So you're right. 4, 5, and 6, coin flips, right? But 7, 8, 9, and 10. Baylor's 453. Texas Tech is 281. That's a huge, that's a cliff to your bottom four. And then West Virginia's 40 points away. Kansas State's 50 points away. And then Kansas, poor Kansas, is 102 points away. Um, not a lot of faith in that bottom quadrant, right? No, I don't think so. And I, for me personally, I think there's even, obviously not in the point system as big, but I just see an even bigger drop from, you know, the, the big drop from Baylor to Texas Tech. And then kind of Texas Tech and West Virginia there together. And then another big drop for me, again, me personally, down to Kansas State and Kansas. And, and geez, poor Kansas, poor Les Miles. Um, not something he's going to be used to after that time at LSU coming in with uh, dead last in the conference again. I'm curious what happens on their day at media day because I think a lot of people expect the pomp and circumstance of Les Miles. Character, it's a cool story. He's back in coaching. He's going to have to answer a lot of Puka Williams questions, isn't he? I would think so. You know, he did the patented uh, suspended for the FCS season opener, uh, which nobody's buying anymore. Everybody sees right through that. And uh, he's going to have to answer some questions. But then again, so is Oklahoma with um, their uh, domestic violence All-American, Kennedy Brooks, who is also not with the team at the moment. I wonder why the Big 12 doesn't have a rule for that or doesn't have some type of governance over that. It's, it's strange. If they could, they can step in when Baylor has a situation like it did years ago. And I understand these are totally different 
comparisons, but the conference got involved with how it was doing things. Why can't there be some sort of a rule, a mandate? You know, is it one game? I don't know. Is it one conference game? I don't know. I think if you take some of the subjectivity and some of what coaches do out of that, these th- there can be less questions to ask if there's more uniformity in it. But I don't know. Perhaps that's a question for Bob Bullsby or anybody else. Truth be told, it, it, it does come up more often than not. It's not a, an epidemic in the conference there. Um, as, we, as we peek at the standings, though, anybody too high, too low? How what, what could change? What team could or what teams for good or for bad reasons, could shake up this top 10 when we submit our postseason ballots and we see the final standings? I, I don't know if it's their history, but there is something. You, you mentioned you had some questions about Brock Purdy and Iowa State. And again, I don't know if it's their history with how they finished in the league up until the last couple of years. But it, I, when I look at this at this list, Iowa State at three just screams to me, as someone that might finish sixth or seventh by the time the season's over. I just think TCU, Oklahoma State, Baylor, they might be just as good as Iowa State, and if they can all get some quarterback play, could be even better and could bump them back down. Yeah, that feels like the one team that was hot last year. And this happens in the NFL and college football, too. That gets hot and has a star or a couple of stars coming back and gets probably rightfully ranked highly. Um, and they'll, they'll have some preseason top 25 buzz if they're not in the top 25. But there's always one team that falls off, and I think you're right. There's some there's some explanations there at the end of the season for why they might not be there. And I, I had no idea why. I, I just think Texas Tech has a chance to – I'm not sure they're a top three team. But the quarterback, the skill position players, their offensive line is is big and mean and kind of experienced. I think they have enough on defense, some all-conference caliber players. I wouldn't be surprised if that's a team that at the end you're like, huh, why didn't we know? this on july 10th you know i think it's a it's a question that you might ask but it's also possible that in december you look at them and they're two and seven you're saying what was mike thinking on july 10th so we'll see i guess that's why we watch let's go to the all conference teams um one pick for west virginia um it extends the streak they've had at least one player win an award to make the all conference team every year which is kind of trivia um but it's just one which is also for trivia purposes the fewest ever um Bad sign or, or as expected? As expected, although for me personally, I would have picked the other lineman for West Virginia. I would have gone with guard Josh Sills as the fifth offensive lineman on that preseason All-Big 12 team. That's nothing against McKivens. I think he's a, a very good player. I think he had a fine year last year. But I think Sills is is more solid, more consistent. Uh, I think he's a, a mauler on the interior of the offensive line while McKivitz had his, his missteps last season. What about you? Um, I didn't put either one of them on my top five. Uh, nothing against either one of them. I think there's a number of very good offensive linemen who are up and coming and maybe weren't all conference players last year. Uh, I'm kind of with you. I, I thought that maybe Sills would get the nod over McKivitz. Um, I do think, I'll tell you what, I actually asked some people who voted um, just for my curiosity why, and they said McKivitz moving to left tackle was a big deal to them that, a guy who'd been all conference caliber before going to that key position that that projected really well for them. Um, and one person told me that is Sills left or right? Is he tackle or guard? And I said, that's okay. That's good commentary. So <laughs> that's, that's some force that I hadn't thought there. Um, and what surprises me is that, and here's a secret. Um, people do their all conference teams. Um, and there's a lot of people who vote in these, they can be lazy and they'll look at 
the all-conference team from last year, or they'll look into Atmon or Phil Steele's preseason, and they'll copy what they see, or they'll project, like, wait a minute, if he was second team last year and the first team guy is gone, then he becomes the first team player. kind of surprised that didn't work out for Seals. Um, safe to say Kenny Robinson makes the first team if he's around? I would think so. I think, you know, you're talking about those Athlon Sports and those different magazines. For those who don't know, those get picked those teams uh those awards are for preseason stuff are made back in april march or april so that they can get published and sent out in the summer so a lot of those places did have kenny robinson on their preseason all big 12 team because he hadn't left the program yet same with marcus sims even he was on there as a kick returner and some wide receiver and a couple others so um i think both of those guys would have been uh candidates for this preseason team for sure you mentioned Kennedy Brooks and, and Puka Williams. It's I don't think it's necessarily our job to be the morality police. They make the all-conference team preseason. I'm not saying that there's an issue with either one of those guys, but I think one or both of them surprised people. I think uh, Hubbard from Oklahoma State being the third running back, he makes it as a tie, but that means that people couldn't decide between the best two. There's three. Any other names that, that make it that stand out to you? Uh, or didn't, you- or for that matter, didn't make it. No, you know, you know who's who I think is really special, and obviously we saw it last year, is Wallace, the wide receiver from Oklahoma State. Uh, you're not going to see a wide receiver typically be named Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year in the preseason. It, but if, if you ask me who is the most explosive player, uh, the most exciting player on offense in this conference, that's the first name that immediately springs to mind, at least for me. So good with the ball in the air, too. I mean, deep passes, jump balls, one-on-one. He's, his footwork, his hands, uh, strong body control. He's a good player, too. I actually had the other running back from Oklahoma on my all-conference team. I don't know why, but um, I was just a big fan of him last year. I mean, Brooks is fine, but Trey Sermon, just, he caught the ball, he ran the ball, he scored touchdowns in the air, he scored touchdowns in the ground. Just seemed like a good player to me. I'm not sure why. One more than the other, but um, that's a pretty good situation for them, too. Uh, conference players of the year. These are kind of controversial. Uh, Sam Ellinger, quarterback, Texas, who for some reason is very either overrated or underrated. It depends who you're talking to and, and what color jersey they're wearing. Uh, Jalen Hurts, no surprise, uh, preseason newcomer of the year. I think he probably might have even gotten some buzz for offensive player of the year. And uh, preseason defensive player of the year, which they do hand out in the Big 12, was a player from Oklahoma, believe it or not, which had one of the worst defenses you'll ever see last year. Kenneth Murray, the linebacker, a tackling machine, though. But um, probably hard to pick a defensive one if you're making predictions but the other two locks right i would think so uh you know i think uh, the newcomer of the year is just really obvious with hurts um he's going to be the starter oklahoma is going to be in the playoff hunt and the big 12 title hunt um ellinger yeah i guess so he's going to put up some stats i would think um if you're talking about the overrated or underrated, I might fall more into the overrated category. But, uh, you know, we'll see. I, I Like I said, I, I would have picked Wallace, but I just don't think you can go with a wide receiver like that in the preseason, especially one who may or may not have a, a good quarterback this year. Mm. Uh, a sleeper for all-conference, Charlie Kolar, the tight end from Iowa State. Uh, not because he destroyed some teams that we watch and cover last year, but um, that team may need a tight end just because they have some holes on offense at Iowa State that maybe he can fill in. Can he be a Keen Butler? I don't know. 
but I think he can be that safety blanket. I'd watch him to, I don't know, shake things up and get some some draft buzz. If not for this offseason, then probably the future there too. Uh, let's uh, wrap it up here. This conversation is kind of interesting to me. Um, eighth place in the poll, not great. One player in the Big 12 preseason poll, which is, again, not a surprise. Maybe it's two if they're at full strength. But I asked somebody this in person, and I think I asked it online on our message boards, and the response was uh, surprising. But if all things are equal, um, and the coach is not Neil Brown, it's Dana Holgerson, are they the eighth-place team? I think it's the same. Really? I, I do. I do. I do. I think it's eight. When you, when you specify that everything else is the same, meaning transfers is specifically what I'm thinking. Because if I think Dana Holgerson is still the head coach at West Virginia, honestly, I believe that he might have had a pipeline to some better options at quarterback for West Virginia for this season, which might have given them a boost a couple spots in the league, maybe an extra wide receiver or two, a couple other needs. I think with the transition to Neil Brown, he might not have had that pipeline, might not have been ready to bring in these transfers. He got a late start on it. So I think that, you know, if I was able to say Dana's still the coach and he was able to work on whatever transfers he already started with, I would say West Virginia might be a couple spots higher. But with if I'm saying I got Dana with Austin Kendall, a quarterback, and, and the other transfers they got, and again, these are great transfers, but Dana might have had something else coming then, yeah, I think it's the same. Ooh. You seem, think, you seem caught off guard by that. Well, I'm evidently the one person that doesn't like Neil Brown in the state, which is not true, <laughs> but I get that accusation a lot. It's just that I don't I don't know yet. No one knows. I understand that. And um, I haven't flown my Neil Brown flag outside yet, so my neighbors are upset. But um, you make good points about the roster and everything. Um, I think we've talked about this. I'm I'm fairly certain the quarterback would be Josh Johnson who transferred from Virginia Tech and ended up in Maryland. I'm, I think there's a way that he ends up here and he's your starting quarterback. Is that an upgrade over Kendall? I don't know. Um, maybe yes, but I think he's more experienced and accomplished than Kendall. Um, I don't think there's any question about that. I also think, and this is a small thing, but if you lose Kenny Robinson, you probably don't want to lose Derek Pitts. I'm pretty sure Derek Pitts would be here too. Does that make a difference in the standings? I don't know. Um, I think it's an interesting argument. I think he would be above Matt Wells at Texas Tech, and I think that the gap would be a heck of a lot closer with Baylor um, at six. Again, Baylor's 453. West Virginia, two spots below, is 241. Um, does he make up that difference? Probably not, especially with the number of votes that are cast in Texas, but um, your points are fine. I think you're probably 100% accurate on that, too, but uh, I think that it's an interesting conversation, too. I think that at this time, he had enough clout, and now if you look at those bottom four teams, they're all there was something in common and it's first year head coaches too. So maybe seven and eight flip flop, maybe eight is a lot closer to six. Who knows? But um, I don't know. That's something people can debate at the water cooler or online. Who knows? Yeah. Or, or on our message board. All Feel right. free to hop on. Yeah. All right. And with that, we will segue out of here. Uh, first time, uh, not too bad. I think we did a pretty good job, Chris, but as always, we can do better. Uh, thank you for pressing play for downloading, for listening. Uh, take time to tell your friends. Uh, I am Mike Casaza. I'm Chris Anderson. And that is our cue to go. Thank you. See you around.